This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Captains, you're listening to episode 289 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download or streaming on Monday, October 3rd at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. Unfortunately, Winters is not in the recording booth this week, but instead, he's been quarantined with a bad case of Andorian shingles. We wish him a speedy recovery. Hey, Kenna, did we Lysol everything? Uh, shoot. Oh, man. All right. Well, what do we have coming up this week? Well, this week we set our sights on YouTube and check out some interesting Trek-related videos you can watch after you're done listening to this show. In Star Trek Online news, console players are getting a taste of their first shard-wide special event, and the next update has finally been announced for Agents of Yesterday on PC. Later, Jace brings us this month's Star Trek literary review of Volume 10 of Ongoing, continuing the early days of the five-year mission prior to Beyond, plus a special look at Waypoint Number 1, first in the new anthology series. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Of course, don't forget that we love to keep the conversation going at facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast or on Twitter at priority one pod. You can also send us an email via incoming at priority one podcast.com. Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters who make this show possible from week to week. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out about all the cool perks we have to offer. Speaking of Patreon perks, this week on Priority One After Hours. My point is that it, it's a logical fallacy to say that Star Trek has not given us enough for the, for the 50th anniversary because Star Trek, as we think of it, does not exist. In the 50th year, it is two separate entities. Right, okay, that's, a, that's an argument in and of itself, though. I'm about to flip the desk. That's how, that's how upsetting your argument <laughs> no. is about that. This unscripted, uncensored, and unedited recording is available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. One final note, if you're going to this weekend's destination Star Trek Europe in Birmingham, England, keep an eye on our social media channels for how you can meet up with Kenna. Hi! She'll be at the convention on Saturday and Sunday and hopes to see many of you at the official 50th anniversary party on Saturday night, the 8th of October. That's right. Be there or be square, as it were. Now let's check out the latest news from the world of Star Trek. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. At Ken from Chicago, turn me on to a YouTube channel called Trekspertise. It's a series of videos that delves deep into Star Trek lore, like the history of the Borg, Gold Dukat being the best Star Trek series villain, or 
was Montana really the site of first contact with non-Terran species? I've got to say, the creator of the channel clearly spends a lot of time producing this amazing content. My favorite so far has been the analysis of the Borg. I mean, this guy digs deep into the series to establish origins and timelines. Now, it seems as though he's only using film and television as his source material because there was no mention of the Borg origin story from the video game Star Trek Legacy. Unfortunately, I can't seem to determine if there's a set schedule for the release of the videos. It looks like a few months can go by before a new video is published. But given the detail he puts into each video, I'm not entirely surprised. Although, I'd love to see a steady release, even if it means shorter episodes. Additionally, from the channel's trailer, it seems as though he plans to expand beyond the Star Trek universe and into other science fiction franchises. Now, I wanted to comment on something because you said that he's only using film and television as his source material, which I actually think is kind of the right way to do things. Um, that's technically what canon is, right? Um, so that's really what you should be using. It'd be interesting to see a little bit of a comparison from that analysis and, and comparing it with other you know, maybe origin stories or other details that you get from novels or whatever um, would be interesting to see how they differ or how how maybe they're similar. Um, but yeah, I think he's doing it right by just using film and television. I agree too, because I, I'm a firm believer that um, a maj- I would think, maybe not a firm believer, but I would think that a majority of Star Trek fans, uh, especially casual fans, consume Star Trek from the film and the TV series. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's like, you know, how many people have even watched the animated series from beginning to end? You Ooh, know, that's as a, Star a controversial Trek statement. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, to, to include things like Star Trek Legacy or, you know, uh, other video games or other novels or comics mm-hmm. um, could alienate some of his audience. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think that's definitely the way to go. Um, also, you know, there's no there's no strict re- rules regarding canon for um, non-canon things. So books, um, comics, etc. They technically can contradict themselves. It would be interesting to see a little bit of an analysis on the extra canon, if you see what I mean. Um, uh, things that are going on in the universe and and how they actually fit in, whether they actually fit and whether there are any um, contradictions there. I think that would be something I would be really interested in reading more about. Well, while you're on YouTube, you may also want to track out a CBS special that aired 25 years ago, celebrating Star Trek's 25th anniversary. It's a fun little nostalgic trip to a time when you had to adjust your VCR tracking to keep the image clear. But more importantly, it features some incredible interviews with Star Trek icons, some of whom have since passed away. The special also includes interviews with members of NASA to help demonstrate just how influential Star Trek has been in various fields of science. And when it comes to science, the television special is certainly outdated. Nonetheless, it's a nice little trip down memory lane, and it's heartwarming to hear from the father of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, along with others like Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly, who are no longer with us. While we're on the topic of videos, we need to clarify something we covered last week. Turns out that Amazon, Best Buy, and Walmart will also have sort of exclusives for their release of Star Trek Beyond on Blu-ray. 
If you buy from Amazon, you'll get the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray 3D, the Ultra HD Blu-ray, and the Super Duper HD 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 DVD DVD Blu-ray copy, and a collectible USS Franklin scale model for the price of $49.99 US dollar. Best Buy's exclusive edition of Star Trek Beyond will come in a special steel box packaging that has different artwork for $27.99. Walmart includes three three-inch to four-inch replicas of the Enterprise, the Franklin, and a crawl swarm ship, each with their own display base. That'll set you back about $27.50, again, U.S. dollar. However, as we mentioned last week, Target will be the only one with 90 minutes of extra bonus material for $24.99. And it also includes some collectible cards. Woohoo. Um, wow. That's yeah, a, I, wow. I, okay, so, I mean, the little replicas, I don't think I really care. You know, he, okay, so here's the thing. Okay. I don't think I'm ever going to be interested in buying a, like, replica starship or mm-hmm. a little starship ever again. Yep. Because of the fact that I can get my Star Trek Online custom-made Star Trek 3D printed. Oh, my. Like, I don't, I don't know that I'm ever going to buy a, a ship again. I really don't. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced that these are all for self-purchase. Um, do you know what self-purchase is? No. Okay, so in, in retail terms, self-purchase is something that you buy for yourself. I'll be, it seems a little obvious when you say it like that. But, um, you know, things like, um, when, when you, especially when you're talking around Christmas time, um, something being designated as a self-purchase is, a, is an important distinction because you have to consider when you're marketing something whether it's going to be a self-purchase or whether it's going to be a gift so if if these things are intended to be self-purchases you know do do people want to buy the franklin scale model for themselves i'm not sure however if you are on the lookout for something to give as a gift uh say for christmas i'm sorry i'm gonna say christmas i know it's still september well it's october when this show gets published um but it is getting to be the christmas season that suddenly becomes actually quite a big draw so if you have a star trek fan in your life and you need to buy them something for christmas and you want to spend around about 30 dollars, well then you know the best buy edition might be perfect because it's something a little bit special in that steelbook edition um likewise with the um replicas of the of the ships if that's the intended audience somebody who's buying it as a gift as opposed to a self-purchase then that makes total sense. And then people will shop the differences between the different editions at the different stores. Me, however, I just want to know where to buy the Blu-ray and as cheap as I can get it. So, you know. Well, you can get that as an HD download sooner than you can get a Blu-ray. True. And and since it's not going to be a self-buy for me, I'm just going to remind everybody that my birthday is October 19th. So is Dr. Robert Hertz. Yeah, mine's the 10th. Yeah. On the 10th. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to buy us gifts, yeah. you can send them care of Priority <laughs> One Podcast, P.O. Box 12345. That's not a real P. Okay, Don't do that. It. People are going to do that now. <laughs> it's going to be awkward. Some guy in like Nebraska is going to get like 40 copies of Star Trek <laughs> Beyond. <laughs> well, we've trekked out everything there is to cover this week in Star Trek news. Now let's get Mark in on the discussion to find out what's been happening in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. 
I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome once again to STO News, where Mark and I take you through the big news of the week in Star Trek Online. Today, well, a holodeck is a pretty quiet place to be. Now, that's the main PC shard, but it won't be for long. We finally got news of the latest seasonal update slated to go live on the 25th of this month. But before we get to that, console players are getting their first taste of a shard-wide special event, and later on we'll be examining some new features now available for intrepid captains to try out on the Tribble test server. So first up, console players finally get their hands on the Crystalline Entity event from now until October 20th. All captains between levels 50 and 60 can queue up for a 10-man event, the Crystalline Cataclysm, and face off against the Crystalline Entity first seen in the next generation. Defeat this massive space boss and earn Crystal Shards once a day. Turn in 14 of them during the event period and earn yourself a nice stack of Dilithium, Reputation Marks, and the special Crystalline Energy Torpedo Launcher. As with the PC version, this event is available in both normal and advanced versions. Now for any new players joining us from console, you'll probably recognise this as a fairly standard MMO event. Do a thing for a limited time and get some stuff. Now this event is actually a really good one for Cryptic to have picked to start with. It's a pretty easy queue and will get you in the swing of doing that daily event queue. It will be interesting to watch and see how players tackle it though. Even Jeremy Randall, aka Bordicus Cryptic, lead systems designer, tweeted, quote, I'm super interested to see how the unique metagame of the current console environments affects the experience of this event versus PC, end quote. So that brings us to this week's community question. If you're a new STO player on console, what are your first impressions of the Crystalline Cataclysm event? And for veteran players who have switched, we'd like to hear how you think it compares to its PC cousin. The grind begins now. <laughs> <laughs> so now on to probably the biggest story of the week. Remember last week when I said something new would launch in the 5th? Well, I forgot to put a true in front of that. October 25th, PC players will gain access to the Agents of Yesterday update, Artifacts. With this, we will see a brand new episode and a story arc that is set to carry Star Trek Online throughout the next year. We are reunited with the species that we were introduced to in Season 11, the Lucari, on a mission to an alien solar system in which the joys of exploration, the dangers of unknown space will unfold, as well as the beginning of a mystery that will unravel to have long-standing consequences. The update will also bring us the new fleet holding Starbase K-13 that we discussed in last week's show and the update to the lighting and graphics that was introduced in the console release. And finally, in preparation for the new update, more new features have been added to the Tribble test server for any players wishing to sneak a peek and try them out. First up, a kit revamp seems to be on the cards. Currently, kits and kit modules give captains their clickable ground powers and a few bonuses. Kit modules, the powers themselves, will no longer be put into a kit, but be put directly onto your character's status page. Kits will now only give passive skill increases. All characters, regardless of level, will be able to equip 5 modules or powers, and the distinction of fabrication or mechanic, research or medical, and strategic or assault are gone. Kits will soon be upgradable to a maximum rank of 14 epic, and kit modules vary depending on type, for instance, Standard kit modules will be able to be upgraded to a maximum rank of 14 ultra rare, but specialization kit modules will not be upgradable at all. 
Another big change that's drawn a lot of attention is that projects for developing fleet holdings, which have always required various commodities and items, are now looking like they'll be a little simpler. Requirements for seismic stabilizers, provisions, hypos and the like have been replaced on the test server with a single requirement for energy credits instead. Contraband is the exception to this rule, and duty officer, fleet mark, and dilithium requirements appear to be unaffected. Of course, we should mention that features on the test server are by no means final versions of what they might be when they go live on holodeck or on console. However, they do give some interesting insight into where new game mechanics might be headed. Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse. Maria Rosso at Maria Rosso tweeted, On the road to the airport, Operation Get Maria to Europe has commenced. And I need to give her praise. She tweeted a picture of a meal and she actually called fries chips. I'm very yeah, proud I of her. I saw that. I'm very proud of her. Yes, well done. Al Rivera at Captain Gecko tweeted, In a meeting going over STO planning all the way out to 2018. So much fun stuff to look forward to. Talk about being cryptic. Oh my god, you've used that before, I think. I know. That's a, it's an old joke. It's an old joke, but it's a good good one. one. (laughs) But can we, actually, can we just talk about that for a second? Out to 2018, so that's over a year now. Mm -hmm. Man, those guys plan ahead. They do, they they, Maybe we should get Um, them on and try and tease some stuff out of them. Yeah. We should, we could try. Hi, Al. (laughs) Hi, Hi, Al. (laughs) And finally, Jeremy Randall at Vorticus Cryptic tweeted... Dreamed I auditioned for STDSC, that's Star Trek Discovery, and landed a recurring guest role on the show. Bad news, not Curland. Oh, so we're not going to hear Curland here. Curland here. <laughs> I could do without that, yeah. frankly. But wow, do you know what? I have to I have to divert a little bit. Um, that was like my total ultimate dream mm-hmm. when I was younger and also now. There's still a chance, you never know. I ne- you never know. I always wanted to be an extra mm-hmm. on Star Trek. I never, I didn't want to be a main character. That seemed like a lot of work to me. Yeah. I always wanted to be an extra. Like just a one of the guys. Yeah, like one of the guys at the consoles in the background. Mm. You know, just kind of like providing ambience. Or like, like walk that's on, what I hand the pad over and walk away. Oh, yeah. Like maybe occasionally, mm-hmm. uh, yes, sir. Or, ooh, ooh, to be a part of an away team. Oh, just as long as you're not red shirt. Oh no, it's cool because I'd be on. I would be like TNG era. The red shirts were fine in TNG. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. Well, for PC players at the time of recording, there are no events on the horizon uh, other than the October twenty fifth release of Artifacts, which actually is a pretty big event. So just, I think just, we'll let that one go. Bit, yeah, for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And for console players, remember that the Crystalline Entity event that we mentioned earlier runs from now till the 20th of October. Earn your crystal shards and grab that loot. Of course, as always, events are subject to change without notice. Make sure you check the in-game calendar or listen in here at Priority One Podcast for the latest news and updates from Star Trek Online. Now, let's check in with Jace for another Treklet 101. Hello, Captain. This is Jace with the latest edition of Trek Lit 101. 
This month, we continue the five-year mission and the lead-up to Star Trek Beyond in Volume 10 of IDW's Star Trek ongoing series in the Kelvin timeline. And we're going to trek out issue number one of Star Trek Waypoint, hot off the presses. Volume 10 consists of two linked stories, Behemoth and Eurydice. The first, Behemoth, starts off with the Enterprise investigating an unknown signal, apparently coming from a ship in distress. This leads to an encounter with a unique Cosmozoan, a spacefaring organism. Now, I'm always fond of these sorts of sci-fi creatures, the Farpoint jellyfish, the crystalline entity, the original series Space Amoeba, Geckles. I love these things. Behemoth, in this story, also seems like it could be most intriguing. However, I found that the story was very linear, and the new characters we meet were somewhat underdeveloped. The Enterprise and its crew was reactive rather than proactive throughout the story. And overall, it felt more as though this just served to put them in the starting position necessary for the next arc. I give full credit to the Cat Stag's art, however, which was beautiful, especially the depictions of Behemoth itself. Also, the use of runes, runic characters, for the untranslated parts of the alien language was an interesting idea, though I'm not sure if it implied anything besides just being an unfamiliar symbology. Now, the second story, Eurydice, was a much more traditional Trek adventure with the crew in over their heads, trying to get out of a somewhat stranded situation from the end of Behemoth. One moderate spoiler. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I thought it was curious to have the Kelvin Enterprise get stranded in the Delta Quadrant during the original five-year mission era. Even more so that I personally didn't recognize any familiar Voyager aliens in any of the sweeping scenes that took place at a major local starbase. I might have missed some more obscure ones, though. Let me know if you read this volume and spot them. Surprisingly, however, I did see some of the Cosmozoans that I mentioned before. I can't imagine what else it could have been. Anyway, this was a solid story with some minor twists and turns, plus action and peril for the crew to overcome, partly through their own ingenuity, partly through good fortune. Pairing these two arcs in one volume works really well, as Behemoth is visually impressive and sets up Eurydice which I felt was the stronger story. It's also clear that this overarching storyline will continue, as a new minor character was introduced but hasn't had much of a significant role yet, and the end of Eurydice only partially solves the ship's current troubles. However, we'll take a break and get back to Volume 11 and onward next week. In the meantime, let's trek out Star Trek Waypoint Number 1, first in a new bi-monthly anthology series that we first learned about from IDW editor Sarah Gatos, in our Star Trek Las Vegas interview last month. This issue includes two stories, Puzzles, set in the post-nemesis TNG era, and Daylily, set during the original series' five-year mission. Puzzles is a unique look into a possible future where Geordi commands a new enterprise, and a restored data serves as ship's computer, holographic crew, and of course, as he has been and always shall be, Geordi's friend. They encounter a strange, geometrically shaped vessel, but it's far from the Borg in this case. It's a cool story with which to kick off the new series, and one that will likely lead a lot of fans to ask for more tales of this particular timeline. I found the ending slightly evocative of Kestrel's Star Trek magazine story about Vakel Shan's meeting with Data on Earth before taking command of the Enterprise F in Star Trek Online also. Daylily, on the other hand, is a brightly colored interlude starring Ahura during an away mission, encountering and attempting to communicate with a new life form. It's a smaller scale story, but it evokes the original series era in a lovely way and showcases Ahura nicely. 
In both stories, the dialogue worked very well for me especially, as I was able to easily hear almost everything in the voice of the characters in question. I was surprised that I actually enjoyed Daylily a smidge more than Puzzles, given how much of a Data Geordi fan I am, but I definitely can recommend the issue overall. Looking forward to more Waypoint in the near future. Anyway, that's it for this week's Treklet 101. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. This week's first community question was, do you think delaying Star Trek Discovery to May of 2017 will give the creative team an opportunity to produce a great Star Trek series for a new generation of Trekkies? From our website, priority1podcast.com, Marquis commented, I'd like my Trek fix sooner than later, considering we've been waiting for so long already, but I'd rather have a finished and fleshed out episodes than a rush project. There's quite a lot riding on Discovery becoming a success. And likewise, from Twitter, Captain Daniel Hunter, at CaptainHunter91, said, Yes, absolutely. There's a lot riding on this new series, and they need to take every opportunity to get it right. Which I agree with. This week's second community question was... Do the special features entice you enough to purchase the Blu-ray edition exclusive to Target? From Twitter, Hayden Jones at Hayden P. Jones commented, The bonus would not entice me to buy the Star Trek Blu-ray. Perhaps if they did something like the hashtag Marvel one-shots. What is that? Do we know what that is? I don't know what that is. I don't know, but whatever it is, it's probably awesome because Marvel knows how to handle their IP. Oh my god. Mm, true. Yeah, please refer to the after-hours discussion that we just completed. And our final question this week was, what TOS-themed gear would you like to see become available through the new Starbase K-13 in Star Trek Online? From Twitter, Blake Young wrote, Spock's brain pet could follow around like a horda. Seriously, though, a really high-end Fed Type 3 phaser rifle would be nice. I like the idea of a Spock's brain Mm -hmm. pet, like this little brain. Yeah, well, it, it would have to be... Hmm, I don't know. Would it be giant like a horda? Mm. Would it be like a horda-sized brain? Because that would be yeah, weird. Hmm. Well, from Facebook, James Stillett posted, I would like the TOS skins for existing ships, but that seems unlikely. Already have uniforms, weapons. I'm curious to see what consoles might be available. Yeah, and uh, I'm jumping ahead here, but Al Rivera at Captain Gecko tweeted us in response to this question. I think people will be pleased with the wealth of TOS goodies in this fleet holding. Um, this was something that he actually had teased a while mm. back now, because do you remember the, the controversy when everyone was complaining that there wasn't enough TOS content when Agents of Yesterday first launched? And it was kind of teased in a roundabout way that there was more stuff coming. Well, this is the stuff that is coming. So Here is what I want. I want October 25th to come now, because I want to get back in the game, and I want to replay the entire game with the new lighting, I don't even want to start a character now. Like I want to I want to wait mm-hmm. and create my new character with the new lighting design, the new cra- I want to experience everything from the beginning with the new yeah. lighting. Cuz it so just This is why console is actually really like good. A, a brand spanking new game. Yeah, console may look really I, I mean sure it's fantastic. However, all my lifetime stuff is on PC, so uh, I, mean, I as true. as okay. much as I would love to just you know enjoy the game from my shiz, um, <laughs> it's not going to happen because I, I I there's just there's too much financial investment for me on the PC. Yeah. Well, finally, from our website priority1podcast.com, Sean Newby commented, 
Wonderful show, everyone. Thanks again, Dr. Hart. Any, all of the above. Speaking of community feedback and engagement, we want to remind you that we want to know your story. How did you get into Star Trek and how has it influenced your life? We want to include that on our show and spotlight why you are passionate about Star Trek. Whatever it is, send it to us via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or just comment on this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO289. Well, that wraps up episode 289 of Priority One Podcast, but we'd like to send a special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Navy Boat Slew, Stephen Humphrey, and Frederick Redegard. Thank you for your ongoing support of this show. Before we go, here's our community question for this week. If you are a new Star Trek Online player on console, what are your first impressions of the Crystalline Cataclysm event? And for veteran players who have switched, we'd like to hear how you think it compares to its PC cousin. Captains, you know we love to hear from you, so leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO289. Or visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast. You can also tweet us at PriorityOnePod. Or, if you are daring, you can leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe. Just click on the widget right on our homepage. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And if you're listening to us via iTunes or Google Play, please leave us a review. And more importantly, help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com. Covering the world of space sim, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many, many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. To our writer and social media manager, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media for supporting this show. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, as Maria DePost, and Gavin LaWarn. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But, most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Los Angeles. I don't know what the f*** this is. It's your big break, dude. Good evening. Hello, this is not a sales call or a solicitation. We're calling from an environment.
with information for all septic tank and cesspool owners. <laughs> we would like to give you some free info on our environmentally safe, all-natural septic tank cleaning product. The product is USDA approved for safety and is fully guaranteed to eliminate the need for tank pump outs and prevent any costly repairs. This is some bullshit. It, it is literally, it is literally, literally a sh phone call. A sh <laughs> <laughs> Gassy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I can't seem to determine if there's a... Okay. Or seeing I'm more. biting my lip. I'm biting my lip so I don't talk during... Check it out. <laughs> Why? Why are you biting your lip? Because then I have to edit myself. <clears throat> oh, right. <laughs> you have to cut yourself out. Okay. <laughs> it's the resurgence of the Borg. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would be good. That would be That good. would be really good. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. That's fine. We like the banter, 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 banter. Mm. Unscripted yeah, no, banter. It doesn't. And it, it doesn't say banter in the script. Okay. This whole section's gonna have to be cut. Cut off. <laughs> cut off completely. Oh. Boop, boop. <laughs> Preparing myself for this one. You're like, <laughs> you're like, dude. It's from LA. It must be important. <laughs> it's finally. I'm finally getting the call. <laughs> Can I'm finally getting the call. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's literally about sh <laughs> Maria Bra Sorry. Ma ma yeah. ma 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 <laughs> <laughs> Then about high, high school, school musical. musical isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. We're totally on the sink. same page. You're in sync. This week's second community question was, do you do the, okay, this week's, wow, it's going to be that kind of day, huh? <laughs> it yeah. already is. This week's second community question, come, all right, hold on a second. Let me just, breathe. Let me just um, you know, take a moment here. I'm Kenna. Wow, I'm back in the room, back in the room. <coughs> yeah, I mean, and I'm skipping ahead, but Al at Captain Gecko did tweet us actually in response to this saying, <clears throat> excuse me. You want to remove that frog from your <laughs> throat? <laughs> yeah, excuse me. I'll rub it. Hi, Kermit. <laughs> Kermit the frog here. Kermit the frog here, people. <laughs> <laughs> that, we're, 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 we're. <laughs> Jesus. I was thinking, I was like, oh, Los Angeles. Hmm. Um, it's a good thing I. <clears throat> it's a good thing I volunteered to edit intro. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. All right. <sighs> intro in three, two. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 289 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download or streaming on Monday, October 3rd at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. You tried so hard. You tried so hard. You tried so hard. 
can you can you just <laughs> gotta stretch my face out <laughs> <laughs> right can you just do i'm elijah or something i don't know